0: Thank you and enjoy today's message.
1: Hi, good to see everybody this afternoon. I'm going to try and keep tonight uh, practical and effective for the season that we're in by talking about giving and I've got the ring again. I'd uh, also like to say a big welcome to, it was going to be the Grant family, but now it's not. So I'd like to give a welcome to three quarters of the Grant family. Because uh, uh, Graham, Graham's come and gone. He's come and he's clearing off to Toronto uh, this afternoon and then coming back. You see, that's the, that's the life of a world-class exec now. Is, uh, you catch a, a plane rather than a bus. Um, I think all of us really do need to learn the truth of giving as a gift. And um, that might be a bit of a, a strange statement, but how often does giving feel like an obligation or an expectation? How often does it feel that we reach a time like this or it also might be a birthday or it might be an anniversary and somehow we have this thing of this sense of obligation you'll have probably said it we have to do something because it's Christmas we have to do something because it's so and so's birthday we have to do something because it's an anniversary and all of a sudden the the whole issue of the spontaneity of something bursting out of the heart out of appreciation for another has become has become constitutional and it's become a logistical nightmare because even then, in society like we live, we're always saying, well, what should I get? What do you buy for so-and-so? Because the truth is, most of the stuff that we get, we don't need. And I like what Martin Lewis said when he said, um, you know, we feel we have to do tit-for-tat, and so I, that's exactly what we get, tat And, um, you know, how many guys need six pairs of socks at Christmas that in my case are not cotton (laughs) and have seams on the inside and some stupid message that you know you'll never wear? Now, I'm grateful for the thought... But how many times do we do this because we think I have to do something and once we get to that place we've actually lost what the whole idea of giving is about which which is why I said at the beginning we need to relearn the truth of giving as a gift not as an obligation and, and not as an expectation because then we also can be guilty of the pressure that I expect you to get me something and I expect it to be of a certain value or a certain kind, and we'll cover some of those things tonight as we, as we go through. I think there's one classic verse of, of, of Scripture in the Bible that epitomizes the whole spirit of what this thing is supposed to be about. And at, at most at most evangelical Christian believers will know this verse off by heart because it is the most used verse in all of the Bible by particularly evangelical Christians and it's in the book of John 3 verse 16 which says For God so loved the world that he gave The, the whole essence of this is the issue of loving and giving because of love Now I, I had one guy say one time that you, you can, everybody and anybody can give without loving but it's impossible to love without giving and sometimes I wonder how much of our giving is not coming out of loving, it's coming out of the obligation we feel because, you know, we want to be seen in the right light and we want to maintain a connection, a relationship. But you see, when love is flowing all around, it means that what is given bursts out of the intuition of the person giving and it's received in a same way by those who receive it. But the issue is we actually find, if we're honest, we find guilt-free receiving and giving difficult. And uh, I know that there will be guilt in here tonight. Did I get the right thing? Have I remembered everybody? Who did I forget? Is it done at the right time? And then there's the guilt of receiving the pressure. How many of you have ever received a gift and, and said, oh, I'm really sorry, I haven't got you anything? the moment sorry came into it is because you feel guilty so a person giving to you, what they've inspired in you is feelings of guilt. And now every time you look at that thing that they bought you, if you don't understand giving, all you do is look at that and feel guilty. Oh, I never got them anything. Oh, I, I wonder what they'll think of me. I never got them anything. Or like Martin Lewis says, it's the thing of, well, you know, if they, if they bring me something that costs £40 pounds and I give them something that costs 5 I'm going to feel terribly guilty then because they spent more on me and they're then going to feel ticked off because they spent 20 pounds on you and you spent 5 pounds on them which means you don't really value me because I spent 20 and you spent 5 on me what I'm trying to show you is that we have lost the understanding of the truth of giving as a gift the thing that doesn't expect anything in return And it's done from the joy of the giver, not so that we can do a tit-for-tat thing. See, if we have a sense of guilt that we have to repay the kindness with an equal or superior gift, and the giver is expecting their gift in return, then nobody has really given anything to anybody. And a lot of what will happen this next couple of weeks, nobody will have really given anything to anybody. Because we're given out of obligation, and we receive out of expectation, and then as all that goes, actually nobody's given anybody a gift. We have just just made transactions of stuff and not understood fully what this whole thing is, loving and giving, is all about. And I think, unfortunately, the Christmas story has been hijacked to create a distorted perception of giving. And what it does is it leaves us with a God whose expectations are equal to his giving. So God gave Jesus, so just imagine what he expects of you. And so then the pressure of a gospel that's supposed to be good news means God gave everything, what have you given back? Because it better measure up and then we have this tragic sense of our own personal guilt are living in an environment of the greatest gift that could ever be given I think a suitable song for most of us at this time I would suggest is Queen singing pressure <laughs> bearing down on me pressure how many of you feel that? well we want to show you a clip now of Mr. Bean in, in the true spirit of our extensive uh, holiness and spirituality. And uh, all I'll say about the clip is I neither promote the dumbass version of Mr Bean, nor the, high nor the high expectation reaction of his girlfriend. So see what you make of it. All right, well, just to set the tone, um, I'm having an operation Thursday, so I won't be a Friday. So can you... Give that to Phoebe and set the tone. Okay, so uh, let me just say as well, because we've always been great givers in a Good Giving House, so if you can't be here Friday, um, you know, Phoebe's one of us and her friends, and we love them, and we're glad they're doing what they're doing. So before you leave tonight, if you can't be here Friday, why not make a contribution to Phoebe? Instead of find Wally, we'll have find Phoebe tonight. Find Phoebe and, and make a contribution if you can't be here on Friday um, I suppose the, the ultimate physical illustration and example of giving and not expecting anything in return is in the, the realm of organ transplant <clears throat> I think it's a phenomenal thing that has occurred within my lifetime um, I can remember the first heart transplant by a guy called Dr. Christian Bernard in in South Africa, I think the guy lived for a couple of years. You know, we've got our own Keith Anderson who's... Uh, had, a, ...had a good decade of life with, uh, with someone else's liver that's now actually not someone else's liver. Because it's Keith's liver. And that's the true essence of a gift. When a gift is given, it transfers from the giver to the recipient. And the giver gives up all right and expectation other than the joy of knowing that they have, they have given. This, this video that we showed is wonderful because imagine if you've lost, if you've lost a, a child and uh, that child has given organs for donation and then you get to meet somebody and listen to that heart that you first listened to when you held that baby in your arms... And then you've gone through the distress and the grief of losing that child, but now you still hear the heart of that child awesome. inside of another person giving life. Yeah. I, I personally think that if, if, if the Christian gospel is anything or has any, any benefit whatsoever, it, it has to be at least equivalent to that where where something from a giver is transplanted into a recipient and, yes. and the heart beats on the inside of you I, I actually think that's a lot of what some of this Christian East stuff like born again really means um, I think in that situation I don't know about you but, but I think the only appropriate response is gratitude what else do you do how, how do you how do you, if you're trying, pay back a gift of that magnitude? The truth is, you, you can't because it, it, it's bigger than any possibility that you have to return the gift. The only thing you can do is receive it and the only appropriate response you can have is, is with gratitude. And when we learn to get these perspectives on, on giving, it, it produces a, a spirit that just like the father up there, you know, his response was to cry because it was such an emotional moment of gratitude that a gift had been given for which the recipient did not expect to receive anything back. How many of you have understood when you're an organ donor, you do a wonderful thing because you give knowing that you will get nothing in return for the gift that you give. But all you want to do is give life to another. We're starting when we catch that to get somewhere near what it means to understand the good news of the divine of God and humanity and the one who saw love that he gave you are starting to get somewhere near when you begin to understand that and and i I could argue that if you're going to look theologically philosophically psychologically that one of the important reasons why this person who we celebrate his birth at christmas time actually went through this horrific death because in dying, he gave a gift for which he actually expected no return. Some of you might not understand that, and that's part of the distortion. I'll make a, make a comment about that in a moment. And I would also say where the only, appreciate, only appropriate react, uh, the only appropriate response is gratitude, I would say that the only appropriate reaction is to live. See, imagine if you are the recipient of that organ from a person whose life was given for you, and then you don't react by living. I'm so proud of my my friend Keith Anderson. I've known Keith since we were just small boys growing up in the same church, and um, I have been so proud of Keith that... um, he, he was never kind of a trendy go-getter, you won't mind me saying this, we, we're good friends. Um, I remember the first time I took Keith across to Europe, didn't want none of this foreign food, and all this was all this, that and the other, you know, I took him across on the ferry, we went and visited some people we had to do. And now he hops in his, he hops in his, in his, um, I will going say RV, I've become Americanized. He hops in his motorhome, and him and Margaret scoot off for a month at a time, six weeks at a time, travelling all over Europe, I presume, I presume, eating that foreign food <laughs> and visiting all these places. Now, now, here, here's what I learned from Keith. Keith was given a gift. That gift was the liver. He would have died very shortly, if it was not for that transplanted liver. And his response was gratitude, but his reaction has been to live. And I'm proud of him. I, I, don't need, I don't need Keith and Margaret here every week. I need Keith and Margaret to enjoy the life that's been given by the gift of someone else that has been received. Now, now, in many ways, and I may be guilty of this, I think a disservice is done to the divine to the one who we celebrate the gift of Christmas when our response is not gratitude and our reaction is not to live. And I can be guilty of looking at all the other things that happen around us and then I miss the immensity of the gift and in missing the immensity of the gift the one thing I forget to do is just live. And yet that's the appropriate reaction. There's no way to repay the other than to live life to the full even then it's more an acknowledgement of the precious gift given than a repayment which can't be made (laughs) because how do you pay back the person who gave it? So it actually becomes an acknowledgement of the precious gift, not a repayment to anybody. And that for me epitomizes the heart of the message of the true gospel. I have become saddened, particularly in recent years, and I may be guilty of having set the kind of tone where somehow the God that we talk about gives generously, gives unreservedly, and gives his whole self, but that somehow the expectations that fall upon us are so huge because of the measure of the gift that we can never live up to those obligations. So I think many people are pushed away from meeting this wonderful gift giver because they feel that somehow the implication is that if I receive the gift of the giver the obligations on me I could never meet so therefore the best thing for me to do is avoid the gift of the giver so that I don't disappoint the giver by not being able to give back but you see that's such a distortion of the God so loved the world that he gave it's such a distortion of the whole issue of the gift that there's something very very nostalgic, passionate, beautiful about the Christmas story. it's, It's extremely unlikely that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. In fact, I will guarantee you, he wasn't born the 25th of December. We actually adopted a pagan festival to celebrate the birth. But the issue is, I don't care when the actual birth happened. I think the story is a wonderful story. I think within it is an essence of something beautiful. And even the issue, whether you believe the literality of it or not, it's kind of a real nice story that a virgin will be with child and bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus. I mean, it's a beautiful story. I happen to believe that, that it, it, it really is true. One of the statements about it is the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So my question would be: in the context of the divine, in the context of the bigger picture, having looked at these illustrations and and talked about talked about the whole issue of the transference of life through an organ donor, the issue is if there is a gift, what is the gift? And one could say, well, it's life. Some would say it's eternal life. I want to propose something else to you tonight from this verse. He will be called Emmanuel. Strange name, strange word. But the name actually doesn't mean God with us. The name actually means with us God. See, God with us can be this objective thing out here. But when he becomes the withers God, he takes on a very personal perspective. And to me, the ultimate gift is to have a withers God. When the answer to the question of where is God, the answer is withers. Because that was always the thing. For every one of you, where is God? us. That's who he was meant to be. That's the ultimate gift. The, the withers God, but unfortunately in many circles... The Christian gospel has morphed into a God who gave freely the greatest gift and now you better consider your obligation in return. And I'm here tonight to free you from that notion. What's the gift? With us, God. The with us, God. The with you, God. If the wonderful story of Emmanuel, God with us, is true, then there's no way to repay that other than to live the life, live your life full of gratitude, and to live life to the full. Even then, it's more an acknowledgement of the precious gift given than a repayment, which could never be made. See, I don't believe the issue of Christmas is what payment can you give? What can you give in response to this? I think the issue is the gratitude of recognition. No payment is being asked. And no payment needs to be made, but the greatest thing that you can do is to acknowledge the precious gift that was given for you as a manifestation of the love of the divine, the love of God, to say to you that he is the with us God. So the answer to the question, where is God tonight? It's the answer of the ultimate gift. He's with us here, now, and will never leave.